0: Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk about our membership program. Uh, we recently broke a pretty big milestone. We have over 100 startups and small businesses on the platform offering up to 50% off all their product and gear. If you're like me and you're always looking for a new uh, backpack or new gear for your addictions, whether it's skiing, snowboarding, camping, surfing, whatever it is related to the outdoors, you can hop onto this membership and peruse all the brands. We're constantly adding new ones um, to really support all of your outdoor activities. We also have a number of travel companies, so if you're looking to take a trip, whether it's to Machu Picchu south america wherever um you can save on that as well we also have a number of food brands whether you need a new energy bar or you just need to f- you want to find something uh that's different and check it out you can f- save while doing it um you can also apply to become an ambassador for a lot of these brands there's a ton of perks so if you are interested in checking this out head over to readyyeddy.com members and get your first month free Check out the Powell Movement podcast to find out the stories of the athletes and behind-the-scene players. Mike not only tells the stories, he tends to tiptoe the line of PC creating funny, informative show that sets the bar for interview podcasts in the action sport industry. What is going on, Ready, Eddie podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I am sitting down with the owner and president of Two Wheel Gear, Reed Hemsing. Reed, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me.
1: Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, Josh. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, two wheel gear. How would you describe exactly what your business is to someone who's never heard of it before?
1: I like to sum it up and just say that we're the brand for people that bike to work, and we design specialized bags. They're all kind of hybrids between panniers and uh, and shoulder carry bags um, for people that are biking to work. Obviously, we believe that when you're on the bike. Using a pannier is kind of the best way to go to carry your gear. But when you get to uh, the office or wherever you're going, hawking around a a pannier is uh, kind of a real pain. So we've designed all this functionality to go from pannier to kind of a a shoulder carry bags and kind of modernized, I would say, um, bike gear. that is typically not known for its professional organization for laptop sleeves and and everything. So we're trying to bridge that, that gap and bring some kind of modern features to um, bike panniers where they weren't. And we are just the brand that specializes in people that are biking to work.
0: That's super interesting. So h- how did this all get started? What's the origin story for Two Wheel Gear?
1: Yeah, totally. So the origins go back even you know beyond my existence. So back in 1999, two guys in Calgary, Alberta, um, Ken McLean and Craig Coulomb, they're actually the inventors of the first concept of the bike suit bag. And uh, we have a little write up of how it kind of started. But it was really Craig was a geophysicist, so a very smart guy, engineer, and Ken is kind of an entrepreneur, uh, business guy, and They both were biking to work, and they're kind of in their late 30s, early 40s at this time. And uh, there's really no way to get uh, a collared shirt, a suit to work on a bike. Even biking to the office was a lot less common back then. And uh, so Craig kind of fashioned up the very first, it was like a travel garment bag that he made work on the back of his bicycle. And uh, so they kind of created this concept back in 1999, and then they really tried to do a little grassroots business and selling them around Calgary and kind of uh, had a little bit of success, I would say. They proved kind of that there was a small need for this, this product back then. Uh, skipping ahead now to 2009, where I met them, um, I was actually the vice president of kind of the business club at my university, we'll call it and uh i got introduced to ken and craig with their concept of this bicycle suit bag and i came on as kind of this marketing support in this 21st century to help bring this brand online and so we could sell some of the product in, on an e-commerce store and uh, try and market it digitally a little bit more so it really started for me as a as a project to help this really cool this really cool homemade product and it was almost a concept at that time, but we weren't really doing much business. And, uh, you know, over the next few years, uh, it, I just kind of all got shifted onto me where I, I became, you know, redesigning new features on the bag and, and putting them all together in my basement, basically one by one. We did have a little supplier that we used for um, sewing, so we had a little seamstress team. But all the finishing, all the sourcing came down to me, and I had an air compressor and and an air rivet gun, and I would source the plastic and the hooks and everything to make it basically fit onto a bike rack and do the final assembly and everything in my basement, and then uh, created this the the online store. Back then, uh, it was called uh, Click Shop. It wasn't even... There, you know, there was no Shopify or anything like that. It was a lot more basic for what you could do for, for e- e-commerce and started kind of putting the brand online a little bit more, trying to build a brand. And over the next four years, I um, so the, the company got all transitioned over to me, was, which was one thing the guys really just wanted it to to grow and live on and they had families and and had no time to try and build a small business. They both had full-time careers. And so I I started off as kind of the general manager, let's call it. And then within uh, about a year and a half, almost two years of kind of doing that, um, the whole company kind of got signed on to me. And then I took it on from there for another few years and did all of our real customer discovery and talked to all of our Uh, small but very passionate customer base about what they were using the bag for, what their wish list was for features, how they were using it, when they were using it, what was terrible about it, what was great about it, and uh, worked this all into kind of this classic 2.0 model now, as I call it, uh, of the garment panties. So that bike suit bag was our first product and will always be known as kind of the, the bike suit bag guys. Um, And then I was also working in my own corporate world at that time too. So I was working, biking downtown, uh, basically using our products and variations of it as I was going, um, pulling my suit out in the locker room and getting changed. And I was always getting people asking me all about the bag and um, how we developed kind of a funny series of videos, even relating to that story about these kind of uh, older executive types coming out of the, the showers basically, and and literally naked, just toweling off and asking me about my bag and if I could explain it. So I was caught in the locker room often, kind of sales pitching my bag and showing all the features to, uh, to a group of guys as they were toweling off. And so we made that into uh, <laughs> a funny set of marketing uh, videos that kind of tell a little bit of the, the backstory of the brand. But Anyway, after four years of working in the corporate environment, doing two wheel gear on the side as a moonlight business, you know, I'd be, I'd be biking around Calgary if we had a local order and dropping it off at their office and meeting them in front of their office at lunchtime and kind of chatting with them. Uh, after four years of kind of doing that, I decided that uh, I thought I had a real kind of shot at making making this this brand for this group of people that I I thought was really underserved and not really, you know, I didn't think there was a real cycling company and I don't really refer to ourselves as a cycling company, but, um, a bike bag company or anything for that, that was really geared towards people that were just, you know, focusing on their, their commute going A to B and what they needed for their, their products to, uh, to go on their bike and go to their office. And and so that's when I, I decided to leave my corporate career in 2014 and move out to Vancouver and start the brand full time. So that's a bit of the backstory of the origins and uh and hopefully that kind of made chronological sense.
0: Definitely. So did you always know that you wanted to be a little bit more entrepreneurial, or did this sort of just materialize over time?
1: I always knew that I wanted to be uh, a business owner and entrepreneur in some regards. Had no idea it was going to be what I'm doing now with two wheel gear and bikes and commuting. I owned uh, another landscape and irrigation company back in Calgary. I took small business and entrepreneurship in uh, in college, which was... which was awesome, so my college later transferred into a university, so that's when I went back for another year to get this upgraded bachelor's degree um, after running my own landscape and irrigation business, deciding that um, being on the the wooden end of the shovel seven days a week, it was uh, we were actually very successful, but man it's a hard it's a hard business it's a it's a lot of shoveling time and especially when you're new and doing it for only a couple of years, you're working seven days a week. So I wanted to, to broaden my horizons, went back to university for a year. That's when I kind of got involved with two a year, but yeah, this kind of business and kind of being creative with, uh, ideas and figuring out how to market them and sell them. And marketing is definitely one of my passions within the entrepreneurial space. It has always been, has always been a goal and aspiration of mine. So it's, it's funny to see where it it landed, but, um, yeah, bikes and bike commuting and, and bags is, is kind of where I found my place for now. It's pretty awesome. So.
0: That's great. Now, in terms of marketing, you, you go full-time in 2014. Were there, was there anything in particular that you did marketing-wise that really helped you uh, gain that exposure and help get that momentum going so you could really do this full-time? Um,
1: I would love to say there was a there was a big win for us in 2014. But that first year going full time, I think we spent a lot of time figuring out what kind of a company we we were. So started full time in 2014. I think like a lot of other young entrepreneurs, I, you know, didn't have a lot of confidence that I could do it all myself. I brought a partner on which was a, it was a friend of mine from university. Um, and in Vancouver, he was actually already in Vancouver. So, you know, I kind of was already doing it was a hundred percent owner, but I kind of gave away half of the business cause this was the real starting point. And he bought in for a, a little bit of a little bit of cash. And then we had two more people join our team. So we were up to four people at the start. But I think we kind of went in a bunch of different directions at the beginning. We I, I knew that there was something special kind of in this bike suit bag, and we were still making them in my basement uh, when we did this. And then with the other guys, we decided that creating a really kind of cool new take on uh, the bike messenger bag would be a good start. So, and we were we were gung ho and convinced that everything that we we're going to do was going to be local, and we were going to do. You know, really high quality local manufacturing, and that was what the market wanted, and especially in Vancouver. And so when I moved to Vancouver and and did that, and we kind of scaled up with our team. Obviously, we went from one to four people on the team, um, and we created this new line of messenger bags, which was this really cool material, stay wax uh, wax canvas, kind of the only machine washable wax canvas with really nice leather accents and kind of a, I guess, is a different kind of. Flare on what um like chrome and mission had done and done so successfully well with their their messenger bags and the lesson that i learned i think with that is that you have to be unique with the product offerings that you you come out with and if you not that we copied those guys at all but our our offering was very similar to them and what we were doing was uh it was very it was very local and so the price ended up being relatively high, and a big lesson that I learned is when nobody knows who you are, it's very hard to charge a premium on a on a product, and uh, and definitely trying to kind of jump into that market, which was already semi-saturated, I would say, on the messenger bags with Timbuktu Chrome. Uh, you know, Mission is kind of moved away from their messenger bags, but. It was, uh, that was a big lesson for me was like, that wasn't really our secret sauce. That wasn't what we were really good in our niche for. So um, I would say we also did that like grassroots. We tried to go around and sell at a lot of different events around Vancouver. And we did a little more on the ground, brick and mortar kind of marketing than we did digitally, which I, I think was another Thing that I, I would do differently if I was to go back and start this company again but um, that first year we were figuring out what we were we were making also little leather items that went on your bike like uh, growler holsters and little keychains leather keychain fobs for your keys we were really blending this whole kind of uh, functional uh, utility type of a a brand which we have kind of found ourselves in now with this kind of hipster, cool leather, trendy bike products, which you see, you know, just in masses all over the place. Now, if you look at Kickstarter, it's just full of kind of trendy little hipster bike products. And that's really not what two wheel gear is. And it's not, we've kind of over that year or two, I'll even say really came back to what we were good at and found our actual Place in the market which is with our our bikes you bag and our pannier backpack and now our briefcase that uh, it's much more high functioning utility professionally organized products for for people that are biking to work A to B we're not really ever going to win the style trend hipster award for uh, coolest leather tone it's uh, so that I think that first two years you know it was is a lot of learning so. I think we we did a lot of marketing experiments that maybe failed. We tried to run some contests and giveaways online, which which were actually not I would say not failures. They helped kind of start our community and and kind of figure out where we belong. But um, it, hopefully that kind of gives a little bit of context. In those first two years, they're definitely not easy, and we kind of did a little bit of leaping and trying to find find our place. Um, by just kind of trial and error, which I think we could have done a lot better job of with uh, a little more research and, and data so um, that's a little more backstory there Josh
0: <laughs> sometimes you got to learn by doing
1: <laughs> exactly yeah
0: so during that two year period were all four of you full time were you making enough to sort of support the four, the the team of four
1: yeah so it was uh, started off with four we um, we had kind of my partner. We had a we had one younger guy that was gonna do our social media marketing strategy there, and then we brought on an, a guy to help us with the marketing. Uh, I would say within the first three to four months, we kind of lost our social media guy. Just you know that the interest was it, the full interest and passion wasn't there for him and definitely the paycheck wasn't really there. So he kind of fell off the, the map. It was hard to make a living, I would say, in the first few years of the company and especially that first year. So uh, our marketing guy that we had on the team at that time, he had a young family and just had, a, had his first kid and uh, he really needed to be paid and we really didn't have much money to pay him. So we, we would pay him a little bit when we could but uh, we ended up having to come into the office one day and basically saying that, "Hey, man, you need to uh, you need to get another job that can can pay you a little bit more. You're in a little bit of a different life stage than we are, and you need to take care of your family more. And I don't think that we can we can give you the the salary that you're looking for. So essentially, we had to kind of let let that guy go. So now it's down to two uh, people, and this is probably after six or eight months of that first start." That's it's just me and my business partner. And we were hustling, uh, and I had started talking to Mountain Equipment Co-op, which is, you know, Canada's version of REI, which uh, I would say that was probably our biggest win and one of the biggest turning points for our company actually getting started, but it was kind of the do or die. And I got introduced to the buyer at MEC, and it took about eight months and four or five different meetings going in there. And we were building all these products, and I was showing them the messenger bags, and Every new variation of the bike suit bag that we were kind of creating, and a bunch of our little products. So, and after about eight months, he decided to give us a shot and gave us our first purchase order for that following spring. Which was, you know, that was a real signal. Like, okay, maybe we are, maybe there is some legs to this. We're on to something. And he really liked the product. Had never really seen anything like it before, and knew that there was a need for it. And uh, that was really good validation for for us and, and also so you know then kind of as, as fate has it shortly after that my business partner who is uh who is a buddy from university and and also you know he he needed to make some cash and and uh maybe his passion wasn't quite aligned with it the way that i was you know focused and determined to to get this going so he then wanted to uh be bought out of the company and uh, riding on the little small coattails of our success of our first purchase order from a from a decent size retailer. So uh, we sorted that all out and uh, anyways, then it became back to uh, just, just me for uh, a period of time until I started kind of hiring some interns and trying to build up the team back on. And uh, it's still a really lean team. I've kind of uh, structured it a little bit differently so that Um, don't have to necessarily rely on uh, on on staff that much, and try and kind of have a bunch of different out outsourced team teams that that help me in a lot of different respects. But so you know that that was how it started. It kind of we tried to go all in, all 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 hands on deck. Four people, all, all of a sudden we had four different opinions on what the company is and where the brand is and what the products are and what they look like and and then you know fairly quickly see that team kind of disintegrate and then uh kind of build back up again from the ashes and there was definitely some times in there where it was back on on me where I was very uh wasn't quite sure if I was if I was going to be able to do it or keep going and keep kind of progressing with the company on my own but um yeah I'm glad it kind of I guess worked out that way it was definitely hard at times when you you kind of have a have a team built and then it kind of goes back to i guess what the founder's vision and uh it's really you learn quickly that it's you need to also be able to kind of have have that one person that does have the vision for it and be able to drive some of the decision making and and i think any really successful company that you look at typically goes down there is one one visionary in the company and and yeah, I guess I, it took me a while to realize that that was me and that I could do it on, uh, uh, leading the pack. So, but you know, learnings, I guess, in any business and entrepreneur's journey, but that was kind of my experience with, uh, with how it started.
0: That's very interesting. And it goes to show how important it is to have the right team members, um, on board. Um, cause I'm sure that was like a stressful time sort of figuring all of those things out while you're also trying to build a business. <laughs>
1: Had absolutely, and you know, we to get manufacturing going. You know, there's a lot of planning. You're planning for five years down the road, and you're planning with kind of a team that you have. You're you're taking financing, like we did. We you know had to take a couple of different bank loans. Uh, one through this amazing organization called Futurepreneur that I've been lucky enough to be very close with and uh heading to argentina with them in september actually as a as a canadian delegate for this youth entrepreneurship summit down there with the g20 countries. so it's been a huge journey from when we first took our we took a micro loan with them of fifteen thousand dollars and then we we partnered that with a a larger loan from another bank of seventy thousand dollars to get our our first real manufacturing going when we started kind of producing uh our bike suit bags in a real professional manner that's that classic 2.0 that i was talking about that i kind of redesigned our original bike suit bag into our classic 2.0 and then we got funded to actually get the manufacturing going for that and then you know you build all these grand plans and uh with a with a team and you know at least your business partner and then to have that kind of uh go away and (laughs) <laughs> and have to pick up the reins and the slack you know it's uh definitely daunting a lot of stressful periods and you know i can remember some some late nights of trying to figure out uh what wh- what we we're going to do how we we're going to make you know make it work but you know looking back i guess that's it's all part of the part of how sweet the sweet the juice is now i
0: guess yeah, it's it's a struggle in the beginning, that's for sure, and <laughs> a learning process. Okay, so this this is between twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen, right?
1: Yeah, I would say so really started it full time in uh February twenty fourteen. I would say by March 2015, now it's just me and we're just going into our very first season of putting uh putting our one product on the shelf at uh at Mountain Accrument Co-op. So I think we actually ended up getting the product on the shelf was in April, and I was actually a little bit late even delivering on the first uh, production order that we did. But, you know, that's a whole other set of lessons, basically planning a production cycle and uh, shipping and and something that I see, you know, every new Kickstarter kind of founder go through a similar process of what I did. Um... In uh, late 2014, early 2015, when I was trying to organize our first kind of major production run and and getting product onto store shelves and and also into our own online digital channels and uh, and all the different delays, especially being a new uh, new shipper and uh, how the logistics works from from basically of of planning your your product and going through the whole design process to you know finalizing your your actual um production uh prototype to going through the production process to how it's going to be packaged and tagged and labeled and then shipped over to you and the quantities and and how to manage with kind of the bulk shipments and then moving it around once you basically there's a you know a whole process of getting it um into the country so skipping ahead now we uh we we are not manufacturing locally anymore it's not me in my basement or my garage anymore um putting the bags together and basically going around and trying to work with small sewing teams that really weren't set up to build the kind of products that we were we were building i did a lot of convincing with companies that were not set up to really build technical bags at first um to work with me and kind of build these soft shells of bags that we were creating and then have you know I would do the finishing work on all the products. But and until we finally got into a amazing professional facility and we got introduced to them actually through our biggest new retail contract, which was Mount Equipment Co-op. And they were the ones that really helped us um Get more established and professional with the way that we build, you know, our products and and everything from our prototyping and design and manufacturing, and then it even plays into our you know our strategy with only working with really high quality uh, partners and how they're audited through a lot of different channels of of making sure that it's you know socially environmentally um, the best processes that they use so a lot of that credit has to go to mountain Creek co-op those guys they've been such amazing partners for 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 me and you know that was uh that was probably the luckiest break that i was able to to get in my business was to team up with them and everything from production to sales to um even our our uh account manager there was kind of became a bit of a, a mentor for me and helped me just even with uh thinking through products and how it goes onto the shelf. And how, uh, what people see as value and how it's properly priced. You know, all of those lessons, I think a lot of them were through some amazing partnerships and especially our, our partnership with Mountain Crew and Co op. So I can't, I never, I can never talk highly enough about, uh, how, how much those guys have really, uh, impacted Two Wheel Gears business because it's been a huge, huge partnership for us.
0: Yeah. Having good mentorship like that is so, so important. Um, especially in the early stages now from mid 2016 to now mid 2018, what, what has the business growth looked like um, from there?
1: Yeah. So since, since we, so a, you know, huge win got onto the shells amount of equipment, equipment co-op. our, you know, our main thing is that we've always been digital and online. We still do; the majority of our sales are are all online, but we have some key wholesale retail customers as well. And uh, just being in Mountain Equipment Co-op just put kind of put us on the map and gave us a lot more credibility. And uh, in the consumer's mind, at least, you know, you can see it from all different touch points with them. If I'm out on the street talking to somebody and they ask me about, you know, oh, this is kind of funky looking bike bag. Like, well, where do you sell these? You know, that's always the question. And then you say, oh, you know, we, we are with, uh, we're partners with Mountain Equipment co-op. We sell across Canada. Oh, geez. You know, that's a, that is an instant kind of credibility factor in the consumer's mind. So we've been very lucky to kind of get that as a as a really solid base for building our our reputation online and offline and since then you know we've uh we basically at least doubled uh in size every year with our sales and kind of what we're doing every year i try to launch a new product that is totally in line with um with our theme of our company is, is all about biking to work. So we're trying to create the best bags essentially right now it's bags, um, that are just designed for people that are, are going from point A to point B and anything that they need to, you know, if it's, if you're, if you're walking around campus, it's like we have that, the pannier backpack or it's even for, you know, weekend kind of, uh, warriors too. Like it's a great hiking backpack. And I know lots of, lots of us will will bike and and do uh, a hike with it and and it's it's a very transferable product like that but um so yeah we've we've kind of doubled in growth every year since that 2015 16 season that we really I would say that was kind of the the start of our our actual company so I've been doing it full time now for 4 years you know 3 years of those have been actually kind of Making some good progress in uh, and building out our building out our product line and our brand, getting more established in uh, retail channels and online. Start seeing us show up a lot more in uh, organic search results too. If you kind of, we're we're kind of good at finding our niche and then establishing really good SEO in in that and kind of finding that community in there too that likes to share uh, our our company and our products. You can find us kind of scattered all over Reddit in different community forums, which is great because that's, you know, online word of mouth advertising, I guess, is basically what that is. And, you know, that's, that's really the best kind is when you get referred traffic from, from communities that, that, that people trust and that uh, are really into what you're doing. And I think a lot of people didn't really realize that there were such a community of people biking to work and that you could even build this brand around that and i you know i know that we're not the only ones that know that there's there's commuters out there that are doing that you see a lot more brands targeting that kind of a rider now but um i think i like to think for sure when we started that it was uh it was us that tried to kind of corner this market and, and be like, we are the brand that bikes to work. So that's how I always want to be known as, and whenever we come up in any conversation, it's always about, you know, biking to work and that these bags are the best. If you're biking to work, man, you need to check out two wheel gear. So that's, that's where we've kind of found our little niche.
0: Couldn't have picked a better name for it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. Uh, what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business, whether it was in um, the outdoor space, or really just a business in general I would say um
1: I would say video is so huge in today 's kind of online digital market like if well before before you need to i guess create your marketing assets, which would include video, which I always say to anybody once you have your business kind of halfway dialed, you need to create a good video that represents and shows you know what you 're all about and do it. Well, like do spend a little more money and hire people that know what they're doing and create a really beautiful picture of your business because that will go that asset will live for a long time and uh and people will get that. People would way rather watch a two minute video on what you're doing and what you're all about than try and, you know, read through a long story and then maybe they'll come back and they'll read the story, but they want the quick hit of like, is this for me, is this not for me? And do it the best that you can do and uh, you can make yourself look like a, you're a lot bigger company than you are um, just by that one key video asset. But even before you get there, I guess, you know, it takes a while to get the confidence up to even try and build your product. And, um, you know, and this, there's a lot of different companies that you can try and start. But if you're looking at like a hard goods, if it's a product that you're going to that you interested in making, you absolutely need to make your prototypes first and you need to figure out just fooling around how that looks like it doesn't have to be pretty at first i know all of the prototypes when i started doing it i'm not like a trained industrial designer by trade but i have designed all of our products and um getting some sort of prototype that you can toss around and and try out and this sucks this works great i wish there was a zipper here and a more space here um, you need to figure all that kind of stuff out. So, building any kind of rough prototype, whether it is, you know, even for our bags, it's been a lot of just merging existing products that are out there, and basically taking a utility knife to it and a roll of duct tape. However, you need to do it, like putting straps on it and and getting the size right and kind of getting a shape and a function. For me, it's always started with function because we're trying to create this kind of on bike, off bike functionality. And, uh, that's been the biggest key is creating the ugliest prototype, whatever it is, but you need to know that, Hey, this could work if, if we polish this up and have this working like this, I think we, we could really, um, improve, you know, this product category and that's where it all starts. So I think anybody that wants to do a hard goods product kind of company in the outdoor space, a you need to get your prototype done. Once you have even the ugliest prototype, you can be. You know, you know it works. Then you can start showing it off to some other people that can help you with the pattern of it and uh, and and creating the, the physical a uh, better better version of it. And from there, it's just iterations and, and until you get to that polished point of it. And then once you get to that point and you want to sell it, then just don't skimp on the video because make sure you have a really good uh, polished appearance of of what you want to sell because that ultimately is going to be one of the biggest assets for for selling your your product now that you've created so don't uh don't skimp on that the video i would say
0: hmm. well, where do you see two-wheel gear going in the next year five years ten years down the road yeah right now
1: it's or it's pre- we're in a really kind of exciting spot where like we've got our our products are you know They've kind of market tested themselves. We have, you know, amazing uh, reviewers. We've got enough people on the roads now starting to use them and talk talk to other people about them. So we get a little bit of that um, great organic traffic. But we're starting to expand a lot more into the U.S. You know, we have a fairly decent uh, presence in Canada, I would say. We're, we're still not. We're still not. We're still not a big company by by any means, but um, growing our presence in the in the US. Been working on some really key uh, retail accounts down there, which I think will start to uh, happen in the next year or two. Uh, we also have some new partners in the UK, which is really exciting, that are starting to get us into some uh, great retailers over there. And, uh, and then online, you'll see a lot more of us growing our presence online because we've got, you know, our, our warehouse facility just outside Vancouver, Canada. That's for Canada. We've got one in Blaine, Washington, just across the border that kind of supplies all of our, our U.S. customers. And now we've got some operations set up just outside of London in the U.K. so we can start, um, you know, really branching out our digital online strategy over there. And also kind of supplying some new really exciting retailers that uh that we're kind of starting to get interest from in the u k so I think in the next uh three years you're gonna see us around a lot more and definitely in some some uh bigger markets outside of canada and then uh in ten years i don't know we we might we might be uh a lot more than just bags we could be um it's really about growing the community and, and this kind of community that that talks about their gear and is going back and forth from work and at the office that that's really where we live. And so, you know, it kind of depends on, uh, I guess where that community sees um, needs for our product. And we try and really put our stuff in their, in their hands and, and, and have them help us grow it. So 10 years, you know, I, it could, be, uh, it could be a much bigger thing and, and have a lot of different parts that aren't just physical product as well. It could turn into a much bigger uh, type of a community. So uh, I guess I'll kind of leave it with, with that, but I think it's, I think it's only really good things. You, you're seeing the trends of people biking in, in different cities around the world and, and to work and the rise of this urban professional on a bicycle, and, uh, and we're definitely a, a big part of that. so it's, it's exciting for sure.
0: What's the best part about running uh, two-wheel gear?
1: Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's like a lot of people's, you know, dreams of getting to be at the helm of, of a company and infusing it with your creativity and your ideas. And that's what I I really do love about it. I I look at the brand somewhat as just, it's this giant art project that's got so many different fingers, uh, and, and, you know, aspects to it. But you're, caught, you're kind of at the helm of cultivating that and you get to kind of create, you know, the, the best version of yourself. You're kind of infusing into, into this brand and you get to see it kind of come to life. And, and when you're biking down and you see uh, somebody else with your bag on their on their bike and you stop at a, at a stoplight and you say, hey, that's nice bag. And they say, oh, I love it or, you know, however they respond to that. And then uh you know, it doesn't always come to it, but if the conversation comes to it where you say, like, yeah, that's great, you know, I designed that bag, uh, and then you get to have a whole another layer of conversation on top of that, and then you just get to ride away with a, a huge smile on your face. And that's that's kind of the definition of success for me. It's been every year seeing more bikes around Vancouver and uh with our bags on it, and uh just just getting to know that you're, you know. Struggles and the stresses behind that, you know these people I've yet to come across somebody where I've asked on the street where I've asked them about their bag and they've been <laughs> where they've told me that it sucks, so I would say that you know is some sort of success and that's probably my favorite part of it, just being on the ground level and talking to people that have it and then uh discovering how much they uh really love it and they really love what we're doing and it's good validation and it's good uh motivation to to keep keep kind of growing and progressing the company. So yeah, that's my favorite part.
0: Yeah. It must be a great feeling now. Um, but for the listener um, that wants to keep tabs on everything that you have going on uh, with two wheel gear, where's the best place for them to do that? Um,
1: our Facebook, uh, our Facebook page is kind of growing pretty good. So that's just slash two wheel gear <laughs> type two wheel gear, TWO into, uh, into Facebook Uh, Instagram at two wheel gear, all one word. Uh, There we have a pretty good community. And then uh, our newsletter, you know, everything is just getting built and getting better and better. Uh, We've had a newsletter for for a while, but I I think we're actually doing a good job of our newsletter now. And that's starting to go in. And we've got some new really cool stuff happening on the blog, too. So we're just going to introduce one of our newest contributors that's going to be um, doing a lot more regular posting and kind of really building that community. So I would say Facebook and Instagram. And then if you want to sign up for our newsletter, you can find that on our website at twowheelgear.com. Um, that's, you're going to see kind of everything that's kind of coming down the pipeline and we try and get uh, all of our new gear, uh, out first to our kind of newsletter community and, um, everything builds on there. We send out surveys, we try and kind of get the gauge from from our community on what we should do next and uh so any one of those channels you're gonna you're gonna be able to keep tabs on where we're at
0: love it anyone listening between uh, august 14th and september 12th you can actually enter to uh win some two-wheel gear uh on ready Yeti, uh, along with a bunch of other bike related uh Product so just head over to red yeti for your chance to win and and with that uh reed i want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast and share your story and everything you guys have going on with uh uh, two-wheel gear
1: josh thanks so much man i love what you guys are doing at red yeti i uh yeah totally appreciate it And, and talking to a fellow entrepreneur in this space is is a lot of fun so thanks for having me
0: If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready 8 Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.